Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to episode 57 of A Wild Podcast Has Appeared, the official Pokemon podcast of comicbook.com. I am one of your hosts, Jim Biscardi, and as always, I am joined by Megan Peters and Christian Hoffer. Welcome back, folks. Hello. Hello. I just realized for anyone watching the video, I got really close to the camera. <laughs> just kept just creeping in slowly yeah. yet surely, slowly yet surely. It's awesome. uh, that slow zoom. <laughs> yeah. uh, a wild podcast has appeared. It is probably going to be your new favorite Pokemon uh, podcast. We hope it is. I definitely hope you at least add it into rotation. We are a show that talks about all the things Pokemon with a number of non sequiturs and tangents. It's that's just how it goes. Yes. Uh, we've been doing it for, you know, now fifty seven weeks. So yep. if you're new, welcome. Uh if you are a returning uh listener, welcome back. And you already know. You you know how this goes. Um yeah. we break the show up into two three three. Three. God, wow. We break the show up into three parts. First part is a new section, second part is a deep dive, and at the very end we get the fan favorite pokemon fact of the week it's kind of crazy how this a lot of that whole spiel is routine and repetitive Mm -hmm. and a year later i still mess it up i was about to say we have not Mm -hmm. messed with the format of the show since episode one it has literally been the same yeah I mean, like, I think when we started, it was like two parts, but it was already three parts. We just didn't, we just didn't think it was worthy to give Hoffer his own dedicated segment at the end. I mean, fans at the end came in and said, we need it. Yeah. Well, that's because I, you know, lured them in with lighthearted Pokefacts of the week. And then I caused them to question their own sanity. Yeah, now we go too dark. Now, like, now we go too deep. No we such peel thing. off. We peel off the veneer of Pokemon a little bit too often, and I'm worried about the damage we're causing. We we just peel off the skin of the Pokemon franchise so that you can get a up close and personal view of the muscle there. You act like that's still not horrifying. Well, good old times. Look, we are we are just. One week away from new Pokemon, from a new Pokemon, not really a new Pokemon game, but new Pokemon gameplay mm-hmm. on a yeah. console. Mm-hmm. And that's obviously going to be the big deep dive, but I am fiending some new yes. Pokemon DLC. So, for sure. I'm I, so, so ready. So, so ready. I was talking to my son. Um, so, uh, I'm taking off next week specifically so that I may play Pokemon. Um, and so I like broke the news to my five-year-old son uh, earlier today. And so I was like, oh, yeah. So, hey, buddy, next week, me and you are going to play a lot of Pokemon. He's like, oh, the Pokemon Dungeon game? I'm like, no, no, another Pokemon game. He's like, oh, okay. The one where I have the Pokeball and I throw it stuff? I'm like, no, no. 
the other the other one where you watch thing. daddy yes. play yes that's exactly what I told. yeah <laughs> the one you watch daddy play because it's a traditional game that you can't mess up um, yeah. but he was like oh i remember that one and he just like walked away i was like oh man the greatest uh, skill that your son is going to have growing up and like as he's like getting up to like 10 years old is going to be that he is like an encyclopedia of Pokemon games. Yeah. But it's just so funny because like, 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 you know, my kid also does not give uh, a rip about the new DLC coming up. She will when she sees me play it. Mm-hmm. But like right now, the, the fact that like there is something coming, she's just like, uh, that's not now. And... <laughs> I would like to go pull weeds uh, in Animal Crossing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, my, my son that. is still very much obsessed with Tom Nook and his cohorts. Yes. Uh, I mean, all Nora likes to do is just pull weeds. But anyway, that's neither here nor there because we got a bunch of Pokemon news to get to. So let's jump oh, right yes. into it. Okay. Uh, so we got a new Pokemon cartoon short that was released last week uh that was done in the style of classic looney tunes and it was pretty good i enjoyed it a lot i yeah i I have i have consistently said i mean if you've ever listened to more than one episode of this podcast you've probably heard me rant about how we need more pokemon animated content beyond Mm -hmm. just the anime series like i really like what they've done with twilight wings and i absolutely love this I feel like, you know, they should just run those. I would not, honestly, I would not be surprised if at one point that Pokemon short was supposed to run in front of the new Pokemon movie. That is my, that is my running theory. That's a good theory. So who wants to uh, just quickly recap it for folks who may not have seen it yet? Uh, so Scraggy of all Pokemon. Which was uh, a surprise because yeah. I thought Scraggy. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's uh, And that's like one of the things I, I like the fact that um, we didn't, um, that was like a pretty obscure Pokemon that was like right. the star of this. Uh, not so, Charizard. And, amen to that. Um, <laughs> so he decides that he's going to eat some beans, uh, some Pokemame, and uh, that quest leads him, he follows basically a bag uh, onto a train, suffers several traumatic head injuries in the process in classic Looney Tunes styles, and then discovers that the bag popping out these beans is actually a Mimikyu. Um, mm-hmm. so he looks under Mimikyu's, uh, costume, uh, briefly, assumably dies, comes back to life and runs away to terror and Mimikyu gleefully follows. Um, it's a lot cuter than how I just described it. It's really cute, but I love how it dealt with such like a dark moment mm-hmm. because like whenever the, the Pokemon anime has dealt with Mimikyu and the fact that, you know, anyone who looks under it presumably dies because they're scared to death it's just my favorite thing also the fact that Mimikyu continues to like follow Scraggy is like my favorite because it's like mm-hmm. no way I want to kill you again or or he that, wants that's to be not friends what wants. well like, I know let's... but like it also knows that in order to reach that point Scraggy's probably gonna die but it's okay it's I okay because <laughs> it's Scraggy so you know what if we're gonna lose a Pokemon I'm okay with it being Scraggy Wow. Well, I hope you get a couple people some scraggy stands in your DMs. Well, I, I mean, okay, like I I'll be honest, like this this um this short kind of highlighted some of my issues with scraggy in general. Now they played it up for laughs 
but I was mm. really creeped out by scraggy skin pants. Yeah, see that, yeah. That um, there were a few times in which Scraggy um, went into its pants, and he definitely resembled something that I cannot say on a family-friendly podcast. Um, Yikes. Yep, I would uh, definitely agree with that. I mean, and, You're you know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah I'm not. <laughs> I mean. Thank it, you. <laughs> Uh, but like it was just like weird like when he gets into his flesh and suddenly he's like you know floating around and he's a head covered by skin it's it's weird it's it's a weird visual that we don't often get to see in the pokemon like games because uh you know that's just too much animation for game freak to do but apparently a looney tunes cartoon we were able to get that disturbing visual in full view knowing that exists in canon made made for some great laughs also incredibly oh, yeah. disturbing. Oh, absolutely. I'm just excited to see like what they will do next because there's so many of those like weird one-off things that they can that they can do. That mm-hmm. I mean any of the Pokemon facts that you've discussed could become <laughs> one of these shorts. Like they really could about like Poliwhirl like puking its guts out or something and it's mm-hmm. like the little stomach swirls disappear. Like that those are all things that I would I would cool. love to see one that like features Wingull. Why? Um, because I just feel like like it's it's one of those Wingull's one of those solid background player Pokemon, right? Just because he's he's like a seagull or whatever. And I kind of imagine it like um Oh, what was that Pixar short? Uh, Finding Piper? the fun. Okay. Yeah. Mm. And so mm. you know, it's a nice little, little way to just you know. I I would just like to, to see to Wingle. I would like to see them do a one hundred percent recreation of the scenes, like several of those scenes from Finding Nemo, in which the seagulls attempt to eat the fish <laughs> with Wingle. Ah. Well, I mean, it could happen, or. Ideally, we get a short that's just far-fetched running away from humans in terror because he's scared that he's going to yeah, eat. Every time he like keeps almost almost falling into like pots of boiling water. Yeah, that's very much Looney Tunes. So, yes, I'm a huge fan. I'm definitely a fan of the animation team behind Pokemon branching out um, from specifically anime to explore stuff like this because yeah. it gives them a chance for, for some new content and a new break. Um, and it's hilarious. So and and the, there was no translation needed by doing it in that like nope. you know, um, I mean they they used an English because they were mimicking um, like the Looney Tunes styles. They actually used an MN, mm-hmm. uh, English title screen, um, mm-hmm. and you know so they were able to even though it was released on the Japanese Pokemon channel. Like I don't even know if they've like put out a U.S. equivalent to it yet. <laughs> um, I I don't think they have. Um, they were able to like do you know like we were all able to see that and instantly enjoy it. Unlike some of the other shorts that they've done on the Japanese Pokemon channel, where it's like, we're going to sing a song about Magmite and English speakers. You're not going to understand a damn word. Nope. Hey, I appreciate this. The universal <laughs> language is Looney Tunes. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's true. We also got a new episode of Twilight Wings. Yes. Yes, yep. we did. The so ongoing this... story continues. Mm-hmm. So this one won... <laughs> it really, just to kind of give you a preface if you haven't seen it, basically this this episode focuses on Oleana, who in the games of Sword and Shield, you'll remember as Chairman Rose's like 
vice president assistant of the company. Um, and basically like in the game, she's portrayed as this like super shady, quiet lady. Doesn't really say anything, but towards the end of the game, spoilers, I guess if you haven't finished it, she <laughs> basically is like obsessed with Chairman Rose and is like in love with him and like wants to like do everything in her power to make sure like his vision of like, I guess, energy, like preservation and eternal energy and all that stuff is fine. This episode, though, paints her in a completely different light. Like, she's not an obsessed, crazy fan girl. Like, she's not. Like, it's so interesting to see it because basically uh, you meet Oleana as, like, a researcher who is really invested in her work, even though the work she's doing is pretty crazy. And I don't think most of the people agree with it, except for Chairman Rose and apparently Leon. Uh, But... She's, like, really invested in this work. Chairman Rose notices her, like, passion and devotion and, like, makes her, like, this really high figure in her company, in the company, Um, which I guess you can argue is him just being manipulative again, which I would agree with. But Olaan is just, like, this super cool character, and you really feel sympathetic for her, knowing, like, the road that she ultimately goes on with Sword and Shield, because she's super capable but she just let herself get consumed by by the first person, I guess, who believed in her. It's very touching. It is very touching, but it's also really sad. My favorite part, though, I mean, is... Let's, let's be real honest here. All of them have been very sad. <laughs> yes, <laughs> they have, they have been, very, been very sad. They have all been... No, no, sad, sad is wrong. Christian had the right word. They've all been very touching. Yeah, they've been, there's been a lot of emotional elements in them. But my two favorite parts of the episode were not emotional or touching in any way. The first one is we get the dancing Mr. Mime. He's just like a street performer <laughs> tap dancing for money, which is potentially the greatest thing. And the second part is that you finally see unmasked ball guy, but you only see the back of his head. <laughs> So that is one of the true mysteries. We were robbed, and I hope we get it in the next episode. All right, so I'm, we need to, I'm hoping we, we get a full episode because he's rocking a really stylish haircut, and like I have questions about who he is, who his organization Ball guy would, would, is. Would would make a perfect subject for this show. That that will probably really be would. episode six. Yeah, um, that'll be episode be six. Best. Ball guy is actually the kid with cancer's dad. I'm calling oh. it now. Oh, um, duh. Because, you know, no. listen, <laughs> you can't have Chekhov's cancer without, you know, really using it to twist the knife. But going back a second, let's talk about Mr. Rhyme uh, doing the street <laughs> performing. Because how amazing it was? <laughs> no, not how amazing it was. His stomach is the one, one that's doing the breathing. So Mr. Mime is doing his tap dancing, and you see his stomach mouth opening and closing because it's breathing heavy as it performs. Yeah. It's uncomfortable. To say yeah. That. Yeah. No, that's beyond uncomfortable. That is Eldritch horror terrifying. Like let's, <laughs> that's just Pokemon. Let, let's, let's yeah. But you know, his mouth is on his stomach. Mr. Mime. I don't even know if his head is real. This could be a Wobbuffet situation where it's fake head and real head. No. Like, I, Mr. Rhyme, there needs to be some splaining to do. Well, here's the thing, right? Because, like, I don't know how... Because inevitably, at one point, a Mr. Mime or Mr. Mimes must have made their way to the Galarian region 
and evolved evolved over time to become Mr. Rhyme. Mm-hmm. Yes. Do you? How think- does that happen? I'm, How do you what? go from mime yeah. to rhyme? Like you- what biological or evolutionary like predicament was <laughs> Mr. Mime put in that made him adopt that form? What happened? What was different? So I I like to think that like ten thousand years ago, there was a <laughs> land bridge that connected Here the Galar go. region to the Kalos region. Yes. And that you know a group of Mr. Mime made their way across this land bridge. You know, kind of like you know, I don't know, like huddled up in like you know uh, mammoth swine furs and stuff like that, and made their way across. And then when the land bridge collapsed, they were trapped there. And for whatever reason, instead of going down approximately one route to more less snowy regions, Mr. Mime, because they're idiots, um, all of whom are male too. You know, we're not going to get into that. But this is an all-male Pokemon species. Just stayed in that one snowy region. First, developed the ability to dance. Two, developed the ability to make icy snow, uh, icy tap dancing shoes. And then three, realized that their evolutionary prerogative was to one, create a false head, move their actual freaking face. They feed their stomachs directly, guys. Like let's let's. Let's think about that. The mouth is in the stomach. When they take a hamburger, they just stick it in the stomach. It's yes. weird. It is. But have you thought that weird. maybe it expended too much energy to digest like the traditional so it just way? Need to like stuck in this tundra. And that's why they dance because they have to keep their keep like body warm. Going. Oh my God. That's we are, how they, that is how they keep going. That's we how are they cracking the code. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not suited for that environment. Dancing would help. It, it would, yeah. And then eventually they evolved with uh, canes, a bowler hat, and a fake head. Yeah. We don't even Absolutely. know where his real eyes are. I mean, that We don't just, need to. I mean, we do. I well, want to know. I, I want to know, we... you know what he's looking at. Christian is one of the world's leading uh, poke anatomists. He needs to, he needs to know these things. I, I need to know... Uh, there's a there's a game I've been uh, I I was playing yesterday and there's a monster in it in which the like basically the, just to summarize the monster has a key that you need to get in order to escape the dungeon. However, so the monster is facing you. Somebody needs to like stall it so that another person can run up from behind and grab it. I feel Mr. Rhyme is exactly the same. You need to get his bowler hat somehow but you need to know if it's looking at you or if it's looking somewhere else so you can steal it. I'm under the impression that the bowler hat is just made of skin. (laughs) It's not a hat. Oh, (laughs) stop. Okay, we're not going there. That's also possible, but we're not going there. We're going to keep moving because we got to keep the show going. Um, So uh, in in just sort of, you know, great, you know, feel-good um, news, uh, you know, Pokemon Go uh, last week pledged five million dollars to various nonprofit uh, causes, and then the Pokemon Company uh, also came out and said, "Hey, we're going to add uh, another two hundred thousand of that for uh, Black Lives Matter and the NAACP." So that is just, um, I, I think the Pokemon Go and an Antic one definitely uh, took a lot of people by by yeah. surprise. It is not a small number by any stretch, mm-hmm. but you know, given um, you know everything that that you know, is well, going on and what, and what they've been doing. I mean, they've, 
it's a great show of support, which is awesome. And, you know, the thing is, is, you know, that pledge, one, it's a minimum of $5 million. So all yes. proceeds, all of Niantic's share of the proceeds from the up- upcoming Pokemon Go Live will be um, split between uh, a variety of nonprofit organizations. And also it will be used to fund black game designers creations. Mm-hmm. So in order to like build up, you know, um, basically not only give them a seat at the table, but also allows them to like actually flourish and thrive. Um, so they're going to basically use this as like seed money to help get these projects off the ground and, you know, really, you know, let these creators thrive on the Neantic platform. And it's like, you know, you could say like the, the cynic, you know, could say it's a little bit self-serving because basically, you know, they're, creating more content that can be used on the antic platforms mm-hmm. but most importantly you know um video games you know that industry is not exactly a diverse place and you know this actually not only says like oh yeah we're we're going to you know make more you know you know bring in more you know diverse people this is actually giving them the means to like full-on succeed and do so. Mm-hmm. I think that is a really big, um, a really big gesture. Yep, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, for all the stuff we give Niantech, this is a really solid, actionable plan. Mm-hmm. So yeah. kudos, yep. like just yep. kudos. I mean, because when you, other video game manufacturers have like, you know, pledged <laughs> and like developers and designers have like pledged various amounts of money. Um, yeah, I think only like maybe Square Enix. There's like one other company that has pledged like five million dollars. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, mm-hmm. it's it's literally Niantic, a mobile game and you know a mobile game maker, and then like a AAA development company, and they're like leading the charge here. That's yep. that's mm-hmm. really great. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right, I want to go through cut some of the rest of the stuff that is on uh, our news uh, thing before we get to our deep dive because we got to take our break soon. Um, uh. There is a life-size Psyduck plush coming, which mm-hmm. is pretty fantastic. It's uh, four yeah. feet tall. It is four feet tall. That is taller than probably <laughs> one of your children. That's, that's taller than like both taller. of our children. <laughs> yes, yes, at least, yes, taller than your children. <laughs> Look, I am all about the Pokemon company getting into the life-size Pokemon plush game. Mm-hmm. For sure, 110%. I mean, and also, this is not one of those, like, remember when they made, like, the life-size furret, and everyone was like, why furret? Yeah. (laughs) No one is asking that question, because everyone wants a freaking life-size Psyduck. I want a life-size Psyduck. Pokemon Company, please send me a life-size Psyduck. Um, I will, like, literally put it, I'll tear out shelves and give it a place of honor behind me i so guess that, i was the only one who wanted the life size for it but i do love ferrets so i guess that's my issue <laughs> yeah no give me give me the psyduck one i will use it to terrify my child two i want it i just give I it just, to me i hope we inevitably get to a point where like pokemon centers in japan look like the entrance to uh you know F- what used to be fao schwartz where it was oh just my a, gosh you know just giant plush you know animals yes that are all various life sizes uh it's just it's massive snorlax Total complete, total complete, you know, uh, sidetrack. So there's, uh, I think it's the either the Korean baseball league or the Japanese baseball league. You know, they they're currently doing games right now, but they can't have yeah, anybody the over. It is Korean. Okay, I thought so. Korean. And so what they're doing is they're just playing stuffed animals in the stands, and a lot of them are giant Pokemon. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they need they need like fifty of those Psyducks, just a Psyduck section. 
yeah. because it's one, it's amazing. the most, it's the most amazing thing in the world. I highly encourage everyone to go and look it up solely because you get to watch like Pikachu and Snorlax watching baseball in the stands. Like, you know, we're talking like right behind like home plate. It's amazing. Yeah. There's um, a Gengar in there. So Jim can be happy. Yeah. It's, it's great. But also put a Psyduck section. Like maybe they can be like the bleacher fans. <laughs> gotcha. Uh, and Pokemon Go news really quick. The uh, Latios and Latias raid is this weekend. Yep. First time in five months that they are coming back to the game. Yep. Uh, everyone has them. They're not super meta important, but you know, um, if you're looking for something you to do. Them. Yep. Yeah. When is, the, I, when is the community day? Did I miss that? Uh, that's, that's like two weeks from now. I think it's like the 20... Maybe it's next weekend. The we or not this coming day. weekend, but yeah, we we will we will enlighten you when that comes up. <laughs> that's, there you go. That's that's the way around that. And then at the uh, at the uh, the very last thing we've got uh, original Stitch. You know we've uh, we've loved their oh, yeah. their shirts and their designs and and all of that is now getting into the polo game, mm-hmm. and they're pretty legit. Yeah, they look yeah. really cool. They um, look really really cool. Uh, it's only open to uh, the first 151. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And they come with, the big difference is, is while the original Stitch, the dress shirts, all had different fabrics. Patterns and designs. Um, yeah. These ones are all different in little embroideries. So, like, you can have, like, a mm-hmm. little Bulbasaur right here. Or if you prefer to have, like, a breast pocket made mm-hmm. of one of the original Stitch fabrics, you can have it on, you can have the uh, embroidery, like, on like the bottom of the shirt it's yep. it looks awesome like they are like, great i really want one i mean same because also when i was in high school i mean i went to a like a private school and we had like a very strict dress code we always had to wear polos and i have not worn a polo since i graduated high school <laughs> because i hated them because i wore them every single day and these are the first polos i've been like you know what I would wear those. <laughs> nice. So before this pandemic happened, uh, you know, I, my, my day job is at a, you know, a, a, at a traditional office place in an industry that is very, um, let's just say traditional. And so like, I would have to wear dress shirts like every single day. Um, and so in the summer, because this is an industry in which golfing is something that people do for like, you know, work pleasure sort of things, you know, the, the, the golf shirts were like, uh, seen as an acceptable alternative and so like this year I was like maybe I should just go and bite the bullet buy a couple of polo shirts so I wouldn't have to wear like a freaking white dress button down shirt every single day then the pandemic happened and I'm never going to wear a dress shirt again um, <laughs> but <laughs> original stitch has the right idea I will yep. probably still get one of these and wear it because I can yep yes um, and they they are much uh, much more affordable uh, than yeah, the relatively yeah, speaking. I mean, I mean yeah, they, but the turnaround time on them seems to be a, a bit faster as well. Yeah, they ship in you know three to four weeks, where the shirts uh, were you know like seven to eight. So, yep. um, so yeah, so that's that. So uh, when we get back, we're going to take a quick break, and we're going to talk about the Sword and Shield DLC. All right. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. 
But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Next week. By this time next week. Mm. We're going to be talking about it. It's like, so we're gonna be, close. We're going to be talking about our experiences with it. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes. I will what, have just dedicated my life to it. <laughs> what is the aspect of the game that you guys are the most excited for? I am really... I've been on like a big like exploration mode um, mm-hmm. for, you know, like in all aspects of my life uh, recently. I think it's because I'm like stir crazy in here. Um, so I'm really excited to get to explore a region that we don't know a lot about. Um, I'm excited to see what Pokemon show up. I'm excited to see if they're holding back some new Pokemon. I hope they so. Have. Like, like, you that, know, that's a oh, big thing. I to. hope that we get a bunch, like there's Pokemon in there that they have not shown us yet. Or, you know, old, you know, there's older Pokemon that we did not know were coming. Like that's- Yeah, I... I just feel that how Sword and Shield, when they did their initial release, um, they held back a lot of information. Like, you know, probably about, I would say, 60 to 70% of that game they held back on. Like, in terms of, like, the new Pokemon, um, the um, Gigantamax forms, like, all of that. They kept that really close to the chest. I would absolutely love if they did that again for Isle of Armor. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm yes. really hoping that's the case because I would love to go in there and, you know, when I pick it up on Tuesday um, and, you know, it downloads and all that stuff, I go there and there are new Pokemon that I've never seen before. Mm-hmm. Um, I would just, that would make my day. Yeah. For me, it's it's a very similar thing. I mean, looking for Pokemon, obviously, but like getting to explore that new wild area, whatever it's going to, kind of look like um and particularly for me as just like a collectionist is just getting the new pokemon like figuring out like how many there are what i can get like just the whole reveal of the designs and like how i can fit them into my my team not necessarily for competitive play but just for like personal satisfaction very excited to see also me as i mentioned when this game first came out i'm hoping they're releasing some new like clothing options and stuff (laughs) because i think i have bought everything and i need oh i need a i need a wardrobe makeover i care i i'm just loaded in in pokemon cash like an animal crossing like as we've discussed i buy everything in the in the in the clothing store i'm also that way with pokemon i'm like that in (laughs) every video game i play so i really just really need some new clothes if i'm sounding a little crazy it's because i really need them so that's (laughs) what i'm excited about um the thing for me 
is actually is one of the the modes of the game where the uh, the the battling all the legendaries and and going through but all that. That won't be until later this year. Oh, well, that's the other thing I was looking forward to. Oh, well, you're, to I'm glad I told you about that now because uh, he would have been so upset. We would have had been, we would have had been next week next next week's episode. We could have used a thumbnail of Jim going like. Um, and like you know, Jim hates you know so and so because he couldn't pay attention to the press releases. <laughs> wow, I mean, there's always cub food that you can look forward to. Yeah. Uh, no, I but I'm also too like I like I like the, some of the early the early parts of Sword and Shield um, were a lot of the raids. You know when they were yeah. you know, mm-hmm. doing them and you know get, getting the game specific stuff. And so I'm very much I'm very much excited for for those as well. I really enjoy uh, that kind of method of yeah. It, to me, it's it's relatively quick gameplay that mm-hmm. has that has big enough stakes, right? Like yeah. it's not just uh, a trainer. Gr- like it's to me, it doesn't feel like grinding trainer battles to like get to somewhere or whatever. It's more of a you know you're kind of on the hunt kind of thing, um, which. Yeah which is an aspect of, of that, that, that I enjoy. Um, I'm, you know, I'm definitely excited to see, you know, and get the, the original three, uh, you know, in their, with their Gigantamax forms, the original three starters. Mm-hmm. Well, the two, Venusaur and Blastoise. But, you know, adding, like, I, what, I, what I would love is, I would love my team to inevitably be, or I just want to see, like, how it works. It's, it's an awful like strategy if I was ever going to go competitively, but I would like, you know, Squirtle Bla- or, you know, Blastoise Charizard Venusaur and, mm. you know, Rillaboom and Cinderace. And uh, I can't, I forgot the other one. Inteleon. <laughs> Inteleon. Wow. That one. And wow. I, I don't care about Inteleon at all, but that's fine. <gasps> oh my goodness. Well, <gasps> he's going to, he's going to snipe you from two miles away. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. He's just going <laughs> to, yeah, like Jim's character is gonna walk onto the Isle of Armors, then boom, headshot. <laughs> and Teleon's over there, just two finger salute uh, <laughs> with with his little tail, you know, his tail <laughs> high point because that's his uh, Gigantamax form. But but I'm also too like looking forward to the the additional story, right? Yeah, like, yeah, that's, that, that's like, pretty cool. Sword and Shield, I felt like you know, for all of its problems and all of its problematic characters, had a fun story. It did. Uh, mm-hmm. Even even the weird post game one, which it's just well, I, well, yeah. I nice. like the fact. So I've come to appreciate. So one one of the funny things where uh, Lord Shields one plan that in a lot of fans have said was they saved the story for the post game, where because you know like the the story while you were exploring was just like. You know, like, Chairman Rose has got a plan, and Leon, you know, has big eyes and will go along with anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was kind of the extent of the story. And with, you know, the, the actual, like, meaty story where it was like, oh, the royalty is rising up once again. <laughs> one of them has a shield face, and the other one, uh, sure, let's call that a sword. Uh, <laughs> uh, so, you know, I feel like we will definitely get more story because I think they kind of saved all the really like juicy story bits uh, for these DLC content. Yes. Uh, so so yeah. is it is it going to be uh, Isle of Armor or the Tundra that breaks Chairman Rose out of prison? Uh, it's definitely going to be the Tundra because I guarantee mm. that's where the prison is at. 
is in a mm. unforgiving oh, frosty. It is the freaking wow. Siberia. Did they just send him to the gulag? <laughs> like, I'm. What is happening? <laughs> I mean, um, he deserves it. I mean, let's be real. Um, yeah, like, you know, the story will be good. <laughs> well, that's and it, look, and that's the other thing too, right? Like, it's one of the things that I've said time and time again about Twilight Wings, where. I feel that they have done such a great, like between the game and that series have done a great job, like fleshing out the world of Galar that, mm-hmm. that you know, I'm like, I, I dig, I dig this mm-hmm. part of the Pokemon world for sure. Yeah. Well, how, how much extra content hours wise do you think we're getting? I mean, I hope I mean, 30 hours, but that's optimistic. I Megan. guess. <laughs> That, that, that's, that's like a full-length Pokemon Megan. game. Hey, I play really slowly. And if I got to get enough <laughs> I mean, money, and if I got to get enough money to get all those clothes, <laughs> it might take me that long. But more realistically, it's probably like 10. Yeah. 10 yeah, hours, well, I think, a, I think a lot of it will depend on how they do the raids. Um, and how many new species of Gigantamax Pokemon they add through raids. Um, Mm -hmm. I ultimately think that's what it's going to come down to, is I think you'll be able to probably pound out the actual, like, core Isle of Armor storyline, whatever it is, in probably five or six hours. I mean, let's be realistic. That is usually how much additional time you get on DLCs. So if they can give me more than five hours of just like, you know, whatever it is that I'm going to do, that will be enough for the story. But what I really want to see is a second full-blown wild area with lots of stuff that I can do. Like, even if it means like, you know, like I don't want to see like 30 species of Pokemon, like, you know, like those, that's it for the raids. Like give me my full like 150 or however many they're adding mm-hmm. like i want a lot of you know that's what i want i want you know that because you know that was like the thing that i towards the end the reason why i have stopped playing pokemon sword and shield on a daily basis is because i have run out of things to do frankly the, the, the yeah the, the decks is not hard to fill yeah it, yeah. It's, it is the first time it well it's only 400 it's only 400 pokemon yeah. So it's, it's, it, you know, I was able to fill it out what, by January. Yeah. And so like after that, you know, I did some shiny hunting for a bit. That was fun. But you know, the problem was, was, you know, I'd run around and do the raids and it was like, okay, well, you know, I already have a five star of this. I already have a five star of that. Mm-hmm. You know, this is fine, but I don't know. Uh, and that, that's kind of like what it came down to was I had like, even like the random Pokemon species that were walking around, mm-hmm. I had them all. Like, you know, yeah. like, like it was really awesome to see a freaking Gengar out in the wild. And then mm-hmm. I caught it and then I would go and battle it from time to time. But I kind of got tired of that Gengar being in the same place. Same spot every time. Every, every time. Yeah. Or every, like, well, yeah. Know, or like every other day or whatever though. Yeah. There was, yeah. there were, there were fixed rare Pokemon locations. And that's like, that was awesome during my first playthrough. But yep. the second that you went, like got to the post game, it's like, oh, hello Gengar. Wave as I, <laughs> How are you? you know. Bypassed them, yeah. you know, like this so, became like a landmark at that point. Yeah, yeah that was like, really that was, was like me and like and the yeah. uh, the garboder that sits right outside uh, yes, the castle yeah. entrance. <laughs> it was yeah. like, I was like, like, how you like, doing? The, the only thing I could think of is just like like that garboder is sitting there and people are throwing trash over the castle walls and just you know that's where that 
<laughs> garboder lips. So my my secret wow. shame about that garboder. So <laughs> oh, when no. I was filling when I was filling up my Pokedex, I came down and I had like five Pokemon species left, and they were like Ryulu, uh, Lucario, uh, like uh, like whatever Spritzy's evolution and whatever mm-hmm. um, the the other like pastry Pokemon's evolution was, and then. I was like, so who's the fifth one? And the fifth one was Garboder. I was like, I've never oh. caught a Garboder. Like, really? I have like 15 Trubbishes. I've never bothered to evolve one. I've never bothered to capture the one that's literally just standing there going, oh, guys, go and capture me. I'm across the bridge. I'm a mild challenge. Um, yeah, so I like, I like walked over and like shamefully caught that garboder. I was like, sup guy. He's like, oh, I'm still here. I was like, shut up and get in the damn ball. <laughs> I'm sorry, but just, just get in here. Yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, yeah, come on, come on. Let's get going. Let's get going. Yeah, well, we'll see uh, yeah. what landmarks are, I guess, in this DLC. <laughs> yeah. What, uh, what do we think this needs to do to be a success? Um, I think that one, it needs to, um, this is the first DLC ever. Mm -hmm. Um, We know that we're going to get a new story with new legendaries. What I would like to see out of this is some way, like if you pay for it, I would like to see a mythical event. Like that is like my Mm. pipe dream. Like really like, you know, like not talking like Zerude, give me like one of the old ones. Like I would like to see something more than like, ah, here's this cub foo, go forth. He's yours now. Train him. Because uh, I feel like that is what the storyline is going to be. Yeah. I mean, and I'm sure, like, me and Cubfu are going to get along great, and then he's going to evolve into Urshifu, and it's going to go great, and then I'm never going to use him again. Yep. Um, but I really hope that we get more than just that. Like, I will be happy if we get the new wild area and we get, you know, the new Pokemon species, but for people to point to Isle of Armor and say, this is setting the tone for the future of the Pokemon franchise. I think we need one, we need some surprises and two, we need like storyline level events. Like even like, remember how we caught the, you know, how you caught your legendary Pokemon in sword or shield, you know, in that post game event, there was an entire storyline that you went through to catch it. And I, both of them, because uh, Eternus, you know, was also a, you know, basically that that was the culmination of a big storyline. Mm-hmm. I want more stuff like that. Make me feel like the legendary Pokemon are important. Make me feel like this game, this DLC is important and not just something like extra. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'll agree. It definitely needs some sort of event that, that ties it into like a bigger narrative but mm-hmm. like you're saying with bringing in like a mythical pokemon i mean my pipe dream has always been like it does some more like like this isn't like a necessary thing but for me when you get new additions to like dlc and stuff like i i mean i've said this before in the podcast i always harken back to like breath of the wild and how you see like a lot of the dlc stuff is then getting teased in like the main game mm-hmm. like i want to see some more like like crossover of like people talking about the new like the new area and stuff like how they teased like the the slowpoke that that showed up mm-hmm. um in the train station like that 
like I, that was so simple and it's nothing like foundational or like anything like that or like fundamental to the DLC, but it was like a really nice thing that like tied everything together. And that's the thing that I appreciate most with Pokemon games is when they feel like a cohesive unit. And so with the DLC, that becomes a brand new challenge since the franchise has never done that before. Um, so I'm hoping that they're able to continue having that, that feeling. Um, so that that's kind of what my ideal pipe dream would be along with the the mythical pokemon because yes so you know bringing up your point what's really interesting about that how you were talking like i want to see like people actually talking about the isle of armor pokemon masters right now is doing a tie-in event mm-hmm. um you oh, know I'm pokemon sorry. masters I'm sorry. Did, that, did you say pokemon masters i did i did <laughs> you know that game was that <laughs> yeah exactly uh but they're doing a tie-in event and so all of the dialogue choices right now is all the characters talking about the isle of armor to get people hyped yeah for this like, like that's that would what be, i want that would the game. be really cool yeah yeah, like I love that. Like I actually opened Pokemon Masters when I saw that was happening and I was like, oh, all right, I'm done. It's been three minutes. But <laughs> like I would love if the game would start start doing that too because as this DLC comes closer, I've been playing Sword and Shield more frequently. Well, I have Shield. I've been playing Shield more frequently to like get a team ready and figure out like what I need to do, get my new outfit ready. Uh, <laughs> And unfortunately, it's just been no one else's, no one in the game is as excited as I am. And I yeah. want someone in the game to be as excited as I am. So that's I, my hope for this is that I would lo- like, this is this, the, my super pipe dream is that this is the start of a run on Pokemon games that connects that connects it all together. Like with, you know, the, with all of the, re- like inevitably we build to a point where like all of the regions are kind of, you know, involved in a crazy way. But like, I would love for there to be like, start being teases of, you know, if there were people from other regions in this region, right. Cause it makes, you know, it makes sense that you don't even run into someone who's like traveled from, uh, you know, somewhere. I mean, like using this the slowpoke one is kind of is kind of an example because it it's but it's still within the same region. But like you're telling me that you know no one from Johto has ever traveled to uh, to Galar, and you've you know you know run into to one or two two people like that. I mean, it, it would make sense in this case. They have towers, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, so I but I, but I, I my hope is even from a a, a gameplay or functionality standpoint that this would be the start of something something more like the how the the battle royale games kind of approach um their semi serialized content right where your your fortnites or your call of duties where like you know the map cha- in fortnite the map changes every once in a while and it, you know new events and things kind of kind of happen where mm-hmm. it's great that we're getting new new dlc but i i hope that there is a longer string of events leading us to the next set of dlc as opposed to okay we're only going to do stuff for maybe the you know the next month or you know or not months or but like two or three months and then okay we're going to go into a pokemon drought again kind of thing yeah Mm -hmm. um and i think that's it, it would just be a great way to just keep people involved and look i i know it's a super super touchy subject but I mean, it, it, it works in, um, 
in Pokemon Go that I would not be opposed to seeing a Pokemon Company in the games um, like start introducing mechanics like uh, you know co- like cosmetics basically um, just just like because then you can do you know, as holidays come around or as like, you know, events or things like happen, like it's just a, a little way to like, you know, keep stuff. Like I'd love to see some of those Pokemon go type event things. Okay. Like know. the, like the event, the costume Pokemon and stuff like yeah. that. Yeah. 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 Or like costume Pokemon or just even, you know, you know, things like, uh, you know, the community days or, or whatnot, you know, like, like I know, I know it's a lot, that's a way harder thing to do, mm-hmm. but there, there's a lot of cool, event type things that pokemon go does that i don't think would be too hard to translate in yeah i don't i don't disagree with you i think and we've seen some of that with like how they've had the rotating raid events yep um i i would like to see some more focus i'm well i'm honestly you know realistically the nintendo switch right now is in the middle of its life cycle you Mm -hmm. know it's Mm -hmm. kind of like ads peak the switch is what four years old at this point, three, four years old. Um, so, you know, what I'm really curious to see is if Game Freak decides, like, we are going to put out another Pokemon game. Yeah. Or if they say, you know what, for Gen 8, we are just going to support Sword and Shield for the foreseeable future. Because, like, you know, we thought, like, when they said with Smash Brothers, like, yeah, we're doing a fighter pack. Everyone's like, okay, that's it. And then they're like, no, by the way, we're doing another fighter pack. You know, they added, like, 12, you know, more fighters to that game. So there is definitely room mm-hmm. to do more stuff like that. Um, like, Animal Crossing is adding new content on a monthly basis. And yeah. I think it will continue. What will be really interesting with Animal Crossing and also Pokemon is when they hit that, like, one-year cycle, what do they do? Do mm-hmm. they just say, okay, we've done what we can, which is basically how most video games do it, frankly, is they, yep. they have their core content, then they release the DLC, and then they peace out. Or if they actually turn these into living games. Yeah. Like Fortnite and Pokemon Go. I mean, because, you know, Pokemon Go is more successful than it's ever been. Yep. It's making money hand over fist. Still. Like, yeah. yeah. Like, you know, one of my one of my D&D players was like, oh, do people still play, uh, you know, Pokemon Go? I'm like, yeah, and it's like a freaking cash cow. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, they're, they're, they, they, they can't print money fast enough. Um, that's the problem with it, is, like, literally, they can't get the employees to, uh, enough employees to actually support this game. Mm-hmm. I would love to see that happen with, with yeah. Pokemon. It's like, let's commit, let, let's, let's really get weird here. With you know, yeah. uh, Pokemon. Let's see what happens. Yeah, no, I agree. That would be great. Yeah, like, I don't think we will ever see a like. I know, never say never, but I don't think we'll ever see a next gen console open world kind of Pokemon game. I don't, I just don't think that's necessarily yeah. like what the franchise is, where it needs to go, or or whatever. I think the the jump that we got you know, from X and uh, from sun and moon to, to sword and shield was a massive one. And it was a welcome one and it, and it was great. And it's, and it's a ton of fun and it's a great look, but I would love to see some interactive ongoing elements to it that I think, um, Mm -hmm. 
you know, I and like I said, like, I don't know how, like, you know, selfishly be like, yeah, it'd be great to go back to Kanto or Johto or wherever. Right. And, you know, with, uh, the Pokemon you've got or, or go along like, a, um, you know, Pokemon journey style, uh, you know, adventure, right. Like that's, mm-hmm. that would be an enormous game and it wouldn't, it, I don't think it would. Well, I think that, you know, hypothetically, yep. so let, let's, let's, Acknowledge the fact that this is Game Freak we're talking about. They move yep. at a snail's pace, and all of this is just really pipe dream stuff. Mm-hmm. I am not actually expecting any of this. What, honestly, mm-hmm. I would love is, so we kind of like what we have for the wild area. So, you know, you have a game that is built around the wild area. So set spots where you go through your Pokemon experience. You have your towns and stuff like that. And the wild area is what shifts and changes over mm-hmm. time. Or... You know, let's say that, okay, well, guys, instead of going to this wild area today, you know, for the next few months, this wild area is shut down for maintenance or like, oh, we're going on a Grand Prix tour. Mm -hmm. So for the next couple of months, you know, you can have access to this part of the Kanto region. Like, you know, oh, the safari zone, you know, the safari zones opened up. So, you know, Mm -hmm. here's the Kanto wild area and then move to the Johto wild area. Because I remember when Skyrim came out, you know, one of the DLCs that they did with that was it was like the area next to Morrowind. <laughs> so it wasn't actually Morrowind. Like, you know, you couldn't go like, oh, look, I have here's I'm, I'm going to run through this entire game. But it was like one spot of it. And it was enough for fans. Mm-hmm. You know, I do feel like if you were to say like, OK, I because that's what they did with Pokemon Gold and Silver. We, I mean, we got all of Kanto, but really it was a very leaned down Kanto region. Like the yeah. Viridian Forest was gone. Uh, you couldn't do like any of the caves. And that was fine. Everyone was okay with that because mm-hmm. it was awesome that we got to go back and we got to see how it changed. It would be cool if they did something like that where give us these like second, third wild areas and kind of like rotate them in and out under some like, oh yes, you're doing a world tour. Kind of like mm-hmm. what Ash and Go are doing in Pokemon Journeys. Yeah. So, you know, much. for a few months, so you know that, you know, they're going to open stuff out eventually. You don't know yeah. when. Um, I think that would be, a, like, a really cool compromise. And that's what Pokemon Go does. Mm-hmm. You know, they do the raids. Like, you know, we just talked about Latios and Latias. You know, they, they haven't been around in the game for six months. They're doing a weekend. So if you want them, go and get them. If not, you probably already have them. You don't care. Like, mm-hmm. do something like that where it's like, oh, yeah, you know, for this weekend only, go to the Johto Highland or something yeah. like that. That would yeah. be awesome. I think we do, and I'll say one last thing because we, we do got to move to the Pokemon Fact of the Week. Um, I think even if they were to just say, like, we woke up tomorrow and said, oh, hey, all the Pokemon that, uh, you know, you're used to walking by, like, all your landmark, you know, Pokemon yeah. or whatever, uh, they're all gone. Yep. And boom, here are 90 new Pokemon. That would be freaking amazing. Like it would be amazing. Oh, yeah. And I think oh, yeah. and I think that's the kind of thing that that it could do on a bit more, you know, in between, you know, potentially something in between DLCs or in between games that um uh it would make a lot it would make a lot of longtime fans, you know, mm-hmm. happy and, and get some and get the new fans excited for things that they feel like they may have missed out on. So. And also, yeah. I'll go one step further. What I would love, remember when they came out with the Galarian Slowpoke? And it was like, oh, by the way, this freaking Slowpoke just showed up. What's the deal with that? I would love it if they just randomly threw in, like, the occasional new species of Pokemon like that. Like, you know, yeah. like, oh, yep, 
there's like 40 new Pokemon that have just like rotated into the wild area. We don't know why. And then suddenly you're like, wait a second, what's this? You know, <laughs> that would be awesome. Yeah. That would be nice. I mean, All right. Let's games. get to the Pokemon fact of the week. Okay. All right. So when I first was looking up this week's Pokemon, I was like, this is a pretty lame Pokemon. Then I discovered one interesting fact one weird fact and one absolutely horrifying fact. So we'll start with the like interesting okay. fact. Perfect. Um, what was the first actual Pokemon to appear in the Pokemon anime? I read this one, oh. so I know the answer. I mean, I knew it before I read it that I'm anime queen. So everyone who's yes. listening. It's Dodrio. So, yep. so Dodrio, all the Pokemon that had appeared before Dodrio were either in Ash's dreams, or were on, like, posters. So Dodrio mm-hmm. technically is the first actual Pokemon to appear in the Pokemon anime. So that's that's the that's interesting cool. fact. The mm-hmm. weird fact is uh, Dodrio, despite the fact, and Doduo, despite the fact that it has no wings, it can learn fly. I and thought they had tiny wings. They don't have no, tiny wings? No, mm-hmm. no. They, they are flightless. They are, they oh, are right. based off of, like, flightless birds. They're supposed okay. to be kind of like, they're like dodos, you know. Well, that's why I thought, that's why I thought they had, had like, wings. tiny wings. Um, but, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, no, in Pokemon, I don't know how many people remember Pokemon Stadium. When yes. you, you know, yep. taught your Dodrio fly. And so you'd see, like, Doduo, like, running in the air. Uh, and it was yeah. like, just the weirdest freaking thing. Here's the horrifying <laughs> fact. Where does Dodrio's third head come from? Oh, no. No, no, no. Don't do this to us. No. I don't know. I don't. Uh, Is it like a weird thing that he like, in utero, he like stole his twin and like took his head? It's even weirder. So here, here's two heads. Christian is holding up two fingers right now. When when it evolves, this finger. The one on the right. Stays, you know, just keeps hanging out. I can't put down that only that finger, but the second you know head, the finger on the left, which would be splits in half. Whoa, that's like some weird. So one head stays the same, the other head splits into two. Okay, well, so I that's very uncomfortable. That's That's, there's like also it kind of reminds me of uh, the oh my god the the Hydra in Hercules the animated movie. Uh, Yeah, yeah, just how it just gets. Uh, that uh, was how I or or just the Hydra. That's that's what all Hydra. Right, but though, but in but it, the way it was depicted in that movie is how I picture it. Mm-hmm. I get that's yeah. how it works, Christian. Wow, <laughs> that's just so weird. I wonder if the heads all have like a superiority or yeah, like does complex. does like left hand say like you two the ones with the half brains? Yeah, like I'm so curious now. Like, is there like a, a weird? like issue between all the heads are they all friends do they hate each other they can't get rid of each other or can they there's a lot of questions i have now what happens if you cut off a dodrio head does two more grow into its place (laughs) oh my god maybe we'll find out and i will borrow do quattro Uh, all right well well that's gonna do it for us today uh (laughs) on that lovely little tidbit (laughs) uh if you want uh more fascinating pokemon facts uh by all means check out our library if you have not there are plenty of episodes with plenty of facts to to make you a better smarter pokemon fan uh if you want to get the word out about the show if you're thinking to yourself how, how can i help these guys out these guys uh you know they provide me with a bunch of uh entertainment and enjoyment uh i would love to find a way to 
to do whatever I can to help them out. Just tell somebody about it. That's mm-hmm. all that matters. That's, or, that's all. or you can always send me one of those life-size side duck ducks. <laughs> uh, or, wow. Uh, you can leave us a, uh, a five-star review on iTunes. And if we read it on the air, we won't do one this week. We'll probably do uh, maybe one or two next week. If we read it on the air, you uh, will get a free comicbook.com t-shirt when we are back in the office and are able to send shirts out. Um, so uh, with that, you know, like I said, shows are every Thursday wherever podcasts can be found. Um, if you have trouble finding podcasts, uh, let us know. You can find us uh, at, on Twitter. I'm at Jim Vigardi. On Twitter at Megan Peters CB. And I am at Seahoffer Seabus. And we'll send you links to where you can find the podcast if that's if you're having trouble. Or if you just want to talk about Pokemon uh, in general and uh, you know, just you know, chat a little bit, hit us up there. So that like I said, that does it for us today. Uh, nice big uh, nice big show. And next week we're talking about DLC, so you're not gonna want to miss that episode at mm-hmm. for sure. So until then, we'll catch you later.